Good morning. Can you hear me? Just on? We welcome you to our worship today. If you have not been welcomed, I think you have been. We want to welcome you again, uh, visitors, members alike. It's great to be together to worship God. I told Keelan the wrong verse that I was preaching on this Sunday. So anyway, don't hold it against him. I am going to have a verse out of that, but I'm actually going to be in the Gospel of John. And uh, in the planning of the sermon, there was, there's a lot of overlap of God is light stuff in the Bible. And so all the preachers are kind of overlapping somewhat with their scriptures, but that's okay. On the screen, you see a map. It's a treasure map. When I was a child or a kid, actually even today, I'd like to find one of those things, wouldn't you? Find a treasure map somewhere and, and it has all these things on it, and description of where you need to go and, and what to do and what you're going to find at the end. If you found a treasure map, a real one, what would you do with it? Would you look at it and you'd say, hmm, that is exciting. That's, this is awesome. And, and, and you're going to follow it to the T. You're going to find just where this is located. You're going to follow every direction because you want to get to the treasure. You want to get to the end. You want to get that amazing, joyous treasure that's going to be awesome for you. Or would you do this? I don't think he really meant what he said there. I think I'm going to go left instead of right. And I don't think the treasure's buried where the X is. I think the treasure's buried uh, over on the right somewhere, probably under that candle. Would you do that? Would you choose to change the map that was shown to you that you found this great treasure map? When it comes to the Bible, that is truly what multitudes of mankind have done. The Bible is the guide that God has given us. It is a map. It is... It is from the author of life, he who is God. It is not just a map, it is the map to heaven. And how many people see this map, they see the word of God, and they think, well, God didn't really mean it that way. Surely I can find the treasure some other way. You see, it's silly to think of it in a map like that. Of course you're going to follow it. But when it comes to God's Word and God's standard, so many people say, I don't really like that standard. I'm going to find a different way to get there. I guess i got to turn this on. There we go. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God's word is truly a lamp to to you to guide your path through life? If I asked you to raise your hand, I think most of you would say, yes, I believe that. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot that way, at least not yet. You know, our society and even our era of time looks at suspicion on anything that has conviction on the Bible. Even preachers are, are considered to be opinionated. Preachers are thought to be cruel, judgmental. When all we are are people who lift up the map and say, see, here is the map. This is what God says. Preachers do not create the map. 
We only present the map. We present the Word of God, which is a lamp to our feet. In our culture, new philosophies come along day by day, new opinions, and people are eager to follow man's opinions rather than God's Word, which has been written for many, many years. The Bible is under attack. Those who declare the Word of God are judgmental and insensitive and unloving. John the Apostle started his Gospel, John, and the first letter of John with something that's very critical to this thinking. Because back in his time, many people were doing whatever they wanted to. and They were questioning God. Surely there's another way to heaven. And John starts out his passage with, similar to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Nate had a sermon out of this text. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So when God speaks, it happens. There's no guesswork. There's no, uh-huh, I don't know. And, and when God says for something to happen, that something doesn't say, I don't want to. It just does it because God spoke it. Our attitude ought to be that when God speaks, we listen. And when God speaks, we obey. Because he is God. Turn your Bible to John chapter 1, if you would, please. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So in the beginning was the Word. Not just It's not a written Word. It's a living Word. It is personal. It is a person. The Word was Not the Father, but He was with the Father. He was with God. And the Word is is not a created thing of God. He is God Himself. So John starts out his gospel saying, you got to get this thing right if anything else is going to go right in your life. Jesus is God. You got it? Because if He is not God then all this stuff, does it really matter? Anybody can write anything about something. It happens day by day. New books are written every day. Jesus is the Word. He is deity. The Word speaks things into existence. When God said, let there be light, there was light. With His power and His authority, His creative power, His absolute standard, His direction, His knowledge and wisdom, Who of us knows more than God? Who of us has the right to change the Word of God? And Jesus is the light. Look, if you're still in John chapter 1, look down at verse 8. It's talking about John the Baptist. He was sent, verse 6 and 7. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Capital L, light. God light, God the word light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him and he came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. 
But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, the creator word, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only but begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. God's light enlightens every man. It shines light upon all men, but not all men choose to see that light. There's a lot of self-enlightenment today. People trying to shine their way some other way, find something that really clicks with them, you know. Religion might be good for you. Jesus may be good for you, but I think I can find another way uh, to heaven even to a better life. Some people use philosophies or other religions, human reasoning. There's there's no end to what people can decide what's good for them. Even uh, dark rooms, you know, we talked about that some time ago on one of my sermons. Some people go to a a dark room and try to find themselves and, and figure out what to do next. Darkness. God's not saying go to a dark place. He says, come to the light. Jesus is that light, and he, test, he testifies about himself. We need to receive that light to become children of God. It's only those who accept the light of God's word who can become children of God. Anybody today and for all time, if they choose not to accept the word of God, they cannot be children of light. And there is no hope. That's a sadness. But you see, our culture says we need something new. We need something new. That's the rest of the verse. I forgot to click this. How many of you drink Coca-Cola? Okay. 20 of us. Good. Uh, I'm not going to make a poll on all the different soft drinks, but I've always been a Coca-Cola fan. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it was at the fair when I grew up. You know, get a Coke and it was always awesome. Or a Coke, something else. But I like Coke. And I was really terrified, really, when they came out with a new Coke. Remember that? Does anybody remember the new Coke? It was horrible. It tasted like Pepsi. <laughs> and it's like, why would you try to taste like Pepsi? I don't know. It's just, it was horrible. And I, I mean, I, people were going and buying case after case of the old Coke before it was obsolete because that was the real thing. And it was horrifying. I mean, I could hardly walk because there was no Coke to be found except new Coke. But praise be to mankind for going back to real Coke and scrapping the, the new Coke. You see, everything has always got to be new. Isn't that why we buy new clothes? We need a new fashion. We need a new car. Sometimes you need a new car because your old car broke down. Understand that. There's always something new. I love the 65 Mustang car. I like the 67 Mustang car. You know, I like the Boss Mustang car. But they came out with a longer nose car, started looking like an Eldorado Cadillac. It was like, sick. And then later they shortened it up and turned into a tin can. You always got to have a new car, a new style. And thankfully, they went back to the old styles recently because you just can't beat that old look of a Mustang. 
Amen? I don't even own a Mustang. I don't know what I'm talking about up here. But I like the old Mustangs. That's just an example of things changing and always changing, always better. And our society puts the pressure on us that you need something new. That new is better than the old. And the old path of the Bible is still new. It does not become obsolete. Yet so many people want something else. If you turn your Bible to John chapter 8, you'll see a familiar verse. In in John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. What is Jesus saying? Continue in my word, the creator. Jesus is the creator. Remember that? First thing in John chapter 1, Jesus is God. This is just not some good man talking here. This is God Almighty, the creator, speaking. If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Will make you free. Free from what? Free to do what? Free from Satan. Free from his darkness. Free from his lies. From his adulterating God's word. From his craftiness. He veils the gospel. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Again, these are verses that I think George has preached. And he may preach again on this. And Nate may preach again on this. But we're going to look at the scripture quickly in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to start reading verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, we, we ha- as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the Word of God. So apparently some people are doing that. Is that still happening today? But by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. And he goes on to talk some more. So Paul talks about a treasure. We talk about a treasure map. God has this great treasure. We have this treasure. When we know the Word of God, all of us that know some of this Word of God, you have a treasure in your heart. You're walking treasure maps. You're walking treasures. People in the darkness need to see 
the map. They need to see the light. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. We have freedom in Christ, freedom from the slavery of Satan and his blinding tactics. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. We recently had a weekend where we talked about science and, and the Bible. And I'm not a scientist by any means. Uh, I know how to get a magnifying glass out and burn up an ant. You know, that's kind of my science. I know that uh, if you mix certain things, you'll get certain things. You know, like chocolate and milk, you get chocolate milk. That's my science. But we are a people in this society that trust in science regardless of what they say. And if it says something we think is different from the Bible, we listen to the scientists rather than the creator of dirt and all elements. We would rather listen to scientific, scientific discoveries and listen to famous people who know nothing about the things they sell. But they're famous. We think that we, as a culture, if we just keep learning more stuff, it'll be a utopia and things will be perfect. All you got to do is look at history and see how many world wars there are. And yes, we are so smart. We have created atomic bombs to destroy civilization. That's man's science and man's smartness. Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly. John chapter 10. God reveals truth, and God's truth is unchanging. He does not leave us in the darkness to grope and wonder how to get there. He doesn't tell us, oh, I hope you can get there. Here's a few things. Here's a few principles. Remember back in the book of John, let's go back there again. In John chapter 14, probably a lot of you have this verse as a favorite in your, in your heart, in your mind. John 14, verse 1, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. You see, God is telling us, you can know the way to heaven. We're not out here just hoping. We're out here knowing. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am. We can stop right there, which means a self-existing one. The God has always been. I am the way. I am the truth. There's no lies in him. And I am the life. There is no death in Christ. And no one, here's the no one, and no one comes to the Father but through me. There'd be a lot of people of the world, if they listen to this sermon right now, they'd say, I'm so judgmental. 
they would be mad at me for saying those things that come directly from the words of the mouth of the Creator Himself. God is the one that said this. You can only get to heaven by following His map. That's the only way we will have freedom from Satan and all that he does. So many people are skeptics. Skeptics of the Word of God. They want to trust everything else. But skepticism ignores God's teaching that it can be known and it can be followed. The message of God is that the Son of God is historical and He can be communicated to other people, so we must do it. Now let's turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. I like hearing pages turn. I know that some other people say that once in a while, but you know, it's hard to hear the phone, you know, zip over. So once in a while, it's kind of cool for older people like me to, to hear the word flip through. John chapter 1, verse 1, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at, what we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, Jesus, and the life was manifested or made known, and we have seen and we testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you so that you too may have fellowship with us And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you. Genesis 1, John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. No darkness in God. If you want to rest in philosophy for your future, you're not resting in the rock of ages. You're not resting in the words of God. Your hope is in the darkness of evil and self-seeking and sinfulness and ignorance and the whatever mentality. Remember that map I had at the beginning? You just look at that and say, I don't think it means that. I think I can just kind of do whatever and make it there. We will be gravely disappointed. I'd like to mention just a couple more things about John chapter 1. So back to John chapter 1. The light shines in the darkness. The light does shine in the darkness. But Satan's trying to blind us. He's trying to put blinders over us so that we won't see it. He blinds us with lies and false things and false doctrines. Everything new under the sun. But light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Comprehend it in the New American Standard is not a very good uh, word. In my side note it says overpower, which is much better. Darkness cannot overpower the light. Amen? How many of you have been in a dark room and you light a match or you light a lighter or you turn on your phone? What happens? Does the darkness encompass it? Does the darkness around you stop you from seeing your phone? 
Does it stop that candle from burning? The answer is absolutely not. Light overcomes the darkness. And spiritually speaking, God's light will always overcome the power of Satan. And Satan cannot overcome the power of the light. In John chapter 2, or 1 John chapter 2, verse 8 through 11, it talks about some who uh, think they're walking in light, they hate their brothers, are actually walking in the darkness, and they do not know where they're going. There's so much we could talk about light and dark, but I just want to throw this one out. If you hate a brother here, and you think you're walking in the light, you don't know where you're going. The Bible says you're walking in darkness if you hate your brother. So the practical thing is, when the love of God reaches us, and we see how God loves us sacrificially, we also need to love others the same way. Let's see, what's my next slide? Second Peter chapter 1.19. So we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Sometimes we place our Bible in a dark place in our house and we don't know where it is, right? Anybody ever do that? Honey, have you seen my Bible? I haven't used it for three weeks, but I know it's here somewhere. Go find it and get it out. Let us be people of the Word and read the Word of God. Because some people, like it says in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, 1 through 5, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits, and the doctrines of demons, and by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience, as with a branding iron. Let us not be those people. Satan leads the dark world. Jesus is the light. And Jesus' light shines, and he will always shine brighter, and he overcomes the darkness. When we are walking in the light, we have joy. We have fellowship. How many of you are, I'm not asking for you to raise your hand, do you feel comfortable this morning? in your relationship to God, that you have a relationship with God and that gives you joy in your life, that no matter what happens in this life, with all the darkness and all the evils and all the lies, that regardless, we can hang on to the word of truth, we can hang on to Him who is the word, Jesus Christ, and we can have joy knowing we have fellowship with Him. If you don't have that fellowship, you're really missing out. There's more I could say about that overcoming the darkness. Darkness can't overcome the light. There's more we could talk about how Satan tries to overcome the light. Satan is not a dummy. He knows what's going on with the light. It has been a learning experience. He tried to tempt Satan in the the desert, right? He tried to get uh, Jesus off course. He tried to kill him as a baby. He's been trying to kill people in the Old Testament that were the seed line of Christ. Satan is always trying to wipe out the light, but it is impossible. I was going to try to look up how many times people have tried to destroy the Bible, and I decided not to go that route, but it's happened many times. Even religious groups have restricted their people from studying the Bible because they would learn too much. Let us be a people of the word of life to know the way of Jesus, to know hope and joy and rest and peace. I want to read one more scripture. Oops, that's not it. 
of Colossians chapter 1. If you have your Bible, turn to Colossians chapter 1 and we'll stop with that scripture. Satan keeps fighting against the children of the light. The question for each of us today is, who will you listen to? Who will you study? Who will you follow? And which path seems best to you? And I want to pose this question before I read the scripture. Where would we be? Ask yourself this question. Where would I be this morning if it was not for the word of God in my life. Where would you be? This may seem like a simplistic lesson, but it's the most basic lesson that all mankind needs to know. That is, Jesus is God, and he can take care of us if we listen to him and follow his map. Colossians chapter 1.13, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness, And he transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. There again we see Jesus is the creator. Paul said it. John said it. God says it. He is before all things, and in him are all things, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Where would you be without the word of God? You'd be in hell. You'd have nothing but hell to look forward to. The word of God is treasure. It's God's treasure map that should not be taken lightly. How many of us have done it? How many of us don't read it? How many of us just think, I wish the preacher would hurry up and be quiet because lunch is ready? These are God-breathed words of life and joy and fellowship and reward and treasure. If there's anybody here this morning who knows they are not walking in the light, and you don't have fellowship with God, we beg you and ask you to make changes in your life. Perhaps this morning is a good time, maybe later today, talk to somebody, maybe you need to repent, change your lifestyle. 
Confess Him as your Lord. Be baptized into Christ for forgiveness of sins if you have not. Rise to walk a new life with the life, with the way, with the truth, Jesus. If we can help anyway, let us know as we stand and sing, please.